Well, today I want to talk with you guys about some of the battles we have in our minds. I don't know about you, but I have had some serious battles in my mind over the last two months. We're in the midst of this pandemic. I've had some pretty serious life-altering battles in my minds, like some serious stuff. I'll give you some examples. Like, do you go regular or spicy Doritos? Like, that's a huge one right now for me. I think some of you guys might have asked this question as well. Do I go with new pajamas tonight, or I just keep wearing these ones I've been wearing since March 16th, right? Uh, some of you guys are looking at your couch. Which cushion do I sit on today? There's you, but I sat on you yesterday. I'm going to go with you today, and then come back to you tomorrow, right? That's, that's about what it feels like right now. One of the things that I have been wrestling with in my mind is, do I embarrass my kids on their Zoom classroom by walking by with straws up my nose, or do I walk in and say, it's time for your ointment for the rash? Um, you think I'm joking. I've done both, <laughs> but I'll tell you, there's lots of different things. One of the battles that I'm fighting right now is this thing where you look at the little bottle with the clear kind of liquid in it and you have to play this game. And the game is this. Is that hand sanitizer or aloe? It's not fun to get that wrong. I had a cut on my nose. I thought I was putting aloe on it and no, it was hand sanitizer. Didn't feel great. Welcome to the world of the pandemic. Welcome to the battles in our minds. No, but there are serious ones too, aren't there, right? Some of us are battling fear right now at a level like never before. Anxiety, sadness, depression. I want to tell you something. The word pandemic leads into things like this. I want to let you know that today. Like I was a few weeks back as I was preparing for a message, I thought, let me dive into this word pandemic. Let me study some pandemics. And I got into it and I decided I'm not going to talk about it because just bringing up what that word even means and what it kind of leads the way toward can bring in all kinds of fear and distress in our lives. Some of you guys are wrestling with battles of anger in your mind toward, uh, toward people right now, toward God right now, toward leadership right now, politicians, people you've met, people you haven't. I just want to let you know, it, it, it makes sense that this stuff's going on in our minds right now. God's not surprised by it, and we shouldn't be either. But we also want to learn how to get past it, right? There are some other things maybe you're wrestling with in your mind too. I mean, here's a time when a lot of people are kind of just stuck at home and, and there's not a lot to do, man. I talk about a time where lust can kind of try to work its way into our lives. We have all this access to all this stuff online, all this material and all these things, just all these images constantly coming at us. It's easy time to just let your guard down. These battles we have in our minds. Today, I want to talk with you about how to overcome how to legitimately find a way to move past some of these things that have plagued you and I for far too long, maybe even way before this pandemic even started. The question today is how do we keep our minds from being overtaken and overrun by these battles? How do we get past them? You see, I believe God wants you and I to get past them. So I'm out mowing my lawn recently, and as I'm mowing, I'm looking down at the grass, and I'm noticing all these weeds are growing in, and the weeds are overtaking the healthy grass. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I gotta, I gotta get all these weeds out of here, right? But that's only the first step, right? I mean, I could get some weed killer. I could even get down there on my hands and knees and pull every single weed out of my lawn, but we all know something's true. We all know that eventually something's gonna occupy occupy the space that's left there, right? So if I kill all the weeds with weed killer or pull them all out by hand, great, that's important, that's a necessary first step, but eventually something's gonna grow back and it's probably gonna be weeds again, right? Something is gonna occupy that space. 
Now, that's a concept I need you to grab a hold of today, okay? So I'm going to say it, and then I want you to say it. I'm going to break up the statement so you can say it with me a little easier than in the past, okay? So I'm going to say it, and then I want you to say it. Something is going to, something is going to occupy the space. Occupy the space. That's what's happening in our lives. And so often we think, okay, if I could just get this cut out of my life, or I could get that under control, if I could figure out a way to weed the garbage out of my mind, I'll be good, but we begin to discover that before we know it, the weeds have grown back, right? We, we can pluck the thoughts out. We can pull the thoughts out for a little while. But if we don't replace them with something better, then those weeds are going to come right back. And so in the same way that the best way for me to have a healthy lawn is to get those weeds out but then plant new seed, you and I have to plant new seeds, so to speak, in our thought life. And today I want to give you some really practical seeds that you and I can plant in our thought life so that things like peace will grow instead of anxiety. Things like purity will grow instead of impurity or lust. And I love about the Bible, if you're not a follower of Jesus or even if you are, I love about the Bible. It's so practical. You know, like the Bible and the way God set it up and spoke through people, it's so practical. Everybody knows what it means to have a battle in our mind. How amazing is it that God shows us how to walk toward freedom? And I want, I want to just encourage you, again, if, if you are wrestling with some serious mind battles right now, please know that God knew this was going to happen. Like God knew you and I were going to wrestle in this way, and that's why the scripture is full of practical ways you and I can get past it. That God has given us some amazing tools to use and hold on to so that we can find the freedom he so longs for us. And that's why this is so important to talk about today because God loves you and he wants you to walk in freedom. He wants you to walk in peace and joy and hope and purity. And he doesn't want you and I stuck in the battles that we have in our mind. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you know what it is to have a mind battle too. You know what, exactly what I'm talking about today. You live this every day just like I do, right? It's those things you think about too much, those things that overwhelm you, uh, whether it's fear or anxiety or depression or, or impurity or lust or any of those things. I mean, I want to let you know that there's something you can do practically today along with the rest of us that'll make the same difference for you it does for us. But along with that, I want to tell you about a battle that was won for you by God. And so we're going to see that a little bit later today. So we're going to look in two places today. They're both places where we get to learn from the Apostle Paul. And Paul is an amazing guy. Paul was far from God, had an encounter with Jesus. Everything changed. And I want you to know that the same freedom Paul walked into is available to you and me. And the same things that worked for him 2,000 years ago will work for you and I as well. So we're going to jump in first really quickly into 2 Corinthians 10. And then we're going to jump to Philippians 4. 2 Corinthians 10, Paul gives us the first step, right? We've got weeds growing in our minds, right? We've got weeds overtaking the grass, so to speak, and our thought life. And so he says, in verse 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take, this is beautiful, we take captive, think about that word, captive, prisoner. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. What is Paul saying? Well, there's a whole context built around this. There's a whole uh, section of scripture here about spiritual warfare and this battle, right, that we're in. But I just want to highlight this part of it that talks about taking every thought captive. He's saying that we take it prisoner. We take things like anxiety and fear and anger and lust. We take them prisoner. Think about what it would look like to be taken captive. If someone came into your home today and took you captive, they would remove you from your environment, right? 
If you became a prisoner, they would remove you from where you are, comfortable on the couch with the spicy Doritos, right? They would remove you from there and no longer allow you to remain where you once were. And Paul is saying, do just that. Don't let those thoughts overtake you, grow and remain where they are. No, grab a hold of those thoughts. Take them captive. Take them prisoner, right? And so that's the first step in this. I just want to call it pull the weeds, pull the weeds. That's the first step here. If our mind is overrun with these kinds of thoughts, we got to pull the weeds. we got to take them captive. we got to remove them from their initial environment. And then we go, great. Okay, so if a lustful thought comes in my head, the scripture's telling me I can actually stop that. Okay, that's kind of like pulling the weed out. But as I said before, if we don't then replace it with something else, if we don't put some seed in there, then we're never going to walk in freedom. And I love that Paul's strategy here isn't just stop thinking bad thoughts, right? Stop freaking out. Stop being anxious. Stop being fearful. He, he doesn't say that. He, he starts there, and, and that's the first step, but then he's going to take us somewhere else. I want to jump over to Philippians 4, and we're going to learn about some seeds we can plant in our mind. And guys, they're so practical. There's not one person watching this right now that can't grab a hold of this and live it by the grace of God. Not perfectly. We're going to fall short. We're going to have moments of stress and freak out. We're going to have moments of lust. But at the end of the day, you and I can live a life characterized by peace, hope, purity, joy. And we're going to learn how to do that here. So let's talk about some of the seeds that we need to plant in our minds. So we remove the lustful thought, the fearful, fear, uh, fearful thought, and we stop it. But then verse 5 says this. I love this. The Lord is near. You want to talk about a seed you and I need to plant in our minds when we're fearful? When we're worried, when we're anxious, when we're looking out at the world around us in devastation, we need to grab a hold of this seed right here and say, wait a minute, the Lord is near. You know what's funny is this is a really famous passage we're looking at today. And so often those four words, the Lord is near, is left off. It's like it didn't, it didn't lean into it. In fact, 10 years ago, I was preaching a message on this. And I know I'm, I'm the only one who remembers my messages from 10 years ago. But as I'm preaching my way through this passage and I'm talking about getting free of anxiety and peace and all this, I jump right past those four words. I started at verse 6. And when I got off the stage, a friend came over to me and said, Doug, look, look, look at the four words right before verse 6. The Lord is near. Like, that's the most important seed you and I could ever plant in our thought life. The Lord is near, right? The word near, here Paul uses a Greek word, and it's called angus. And angus means at hand. All right, I'm going to say something. I want you to say it. The Lord is angus. The Lord is angus. That sounds pretty horrible, doesn't it? It doesn't really work too well. Not incredibly inspiring to say, but what a beautiful concept. What does it mean that the Lord is at hand? Well, that phrase at hand comes from this idea that there are things close to us. This is at hand for me right now, right? I can reach it. I can grab a hold of it. For you and I, we've got all kinds of things we're used to having at hand. Our phones, my gosh, I wish we could get rid of them sometimes, but they always seem to be at hand. The remote control when you're sitting on the couch is at hand. Your wallet, your purse at hand, right? And so we can now add to the list of things at hand for you and I, very God. The Lord, the Lord is at hand. That is the first seed you and I need to plant. We need to pull the weed of fear, anxiety, stress, doubt, anger, maybe even toward God and say, wait a minute, Lord, you are near. I'm gonna stop the, the, that weed growing in my mind that says I'm forsaken. I'm gonna stop the weed growing in my mind that says I'm abandoned. No, wait, the Lord is near. He promised to never leave me or forsake me. Do you see the power of this when you and I just stop the thought, we yank the weed out and we plant the seed. We pull the weed, we plant 
the seed. That's what Paul is getting at here. And so if you're anxious, wait a minute, the Lord is near. The fearful, the Lord is near. Scared, the Lord is near. Lonely, the Lord is near. Depressed, the Lord is near. Lustful, the Lord is near. Don't click on that link. The Lord is near. Not in a way that we should be afraid. I mean, we should be in awe of who God is and his holiness should blow our minds and keep us from clicking on the link. But we should also recognize the Lord is there to give us something better than what's on that screen, right? The Lord is near to truly satisfy our heart. We're gonna talk about that a little bit more in just a minute. But there's the first seed. The Lord is near. That's what you need to tell yourself. That's what you need to fill your mind with. The Lord is near. You're not alone. You're not abandoned. You're not forsaken. You may have lost your job. The Lord is near. You lost a loved one. The Lord is near. You're full of fear about the world and, and stepping out there again. What's it gonna look like in the summer and what's it gonna look like in the fall? And the Lord is near. We start there. We pull the weed. We plant that seed. Verse six, do not be anxious. This is a famous verse, right? Don't, if, if you know it, if you know it, don't, don't just tune out here. We need this today. I need this today. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, two seeds coming up. You ready? By prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, okay? Prayer and petition, really kind of the same thing. Don't have time to get into the whole thing of dividing them out. Prayer and petition, thanksgiving, two seeds. And then he says, present your requests to God. So we stop the anxious thoughts in their tracks and then we say, okay, my first seed here is prayer. God, God, I am freaking out. I am Googling this virus. I am Googling unemployment rates. I am Googling the house market right now. I am thinking about my future. I'm a 20-something and I worked my whole life to get to where I am right now and now I don't know what's going to happen. I'm a, I'm a grandpa and they just pulled my retirement fund and so now, God, I am afraid but I am going to bring you my prayers and my petitions. I'm gonna cry out to you, God. I'm gonna plant the seed of prayer right here and peace is gonna grow in its place. But I'm not just gonna plant the seed of prayer. I'm gonna plant the seed of praise. God, I'm not just gonna ask you to be near. I'm gonna say, praise you, you are near and you have me and you have my 20-something life, and you have my 60-something life, God. You are near. And do you see what's happening here? We're stopping those weeds, those thoughts of fear and anxiety, and replacing them with the seeds of prayer and praise, and now peace is starting to grow. And that's the promise here, right? This is what it says in this next part. He says, and the peace of God, once you've brought your request to God, and you've praised God, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, makes no sense, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Guys, if you've been a follower of Jesus for a while, and my 10 friends here in the room, we can all tell you something. This is true. This is true. We, we've all been there. We've all been there, freaking out, scared to death. And suddenly we've taken a deep breath and we have prayed and we have praised and peace has grown. In, in the fear, in fear's place. We, we have found that the anxiety has lifted. We have found that the sleeplessness has lifted. We have found that the freak out has lifted and peace has grown in its place. And I love this idea that you and I can have a peace we just simply have no business having. There's nothing like being the person that everybody's watching to lose your mind and freak out. And you're standing there with a smile on your face. That's called the peace of God. It's a miracle. I hope you know that, by the way. Oh, God, I need to see a miracle, God. I need a sign you're with me. Do you have peace right now? That, that's a huge miracle. Just ask somebody who doesn't have it. That's a huge miracle. And so what happened here? You pulled the weed of anxiety. You planted the seed of prayer and praise, and peace grew in its place. Something's going to occupy the space. If you just pull the weed, something's going to grow back quick. you got to plant a new seed. Then he goes on, still famous verses here. Get these verses in your heart. If you haven't memorized 6, 7, and 8 of Philippians 4, get them in your heart. 
Finally, brothers and sisters, I love this. We're gonna read through it and then go one by one. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. This is what he says here. Let's take them one by one. True. He says, think about what's true. So often you and I don't think about what's true, right? This, the whole idea here is in accordance with the truth. So what in your life, what in your thought life just simply isn't true? Often it has to do with self-condemnation, uh, how we stand before God, how he sees us, if he loves us or not. And so you and I have the opportunity then to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. When I'm here beating myself up, when the enemy's throwing accusation at me, I'm going to stop that thing, pull the weed, plant the seed. I'm going to instead say, wait a minute, I am loved by God. I am accepted by God. And I just heard the Lord is near. And so this is my truth. And this is now the reality. So whatever is true, fill your minds with truth. What a beautiful seed. Let's go to the next one. He says noble, right? We don't use this word enough. Let's bring it back, people. 2020 is the year of noble, right? Plant the seeds here in your thought life that are noble. In the Greek, the, the thought here is honorable, Honorable, another word we don't use enough in 2020. Honorable or holy. So I'll give you an example of how this works. You and I have thoughts of anger or revenge towards somebody, right? And we want to take out our revenge. And, and wait, 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 I'm going to get back to honorable up here, right? I'm going to get back to holy up here and noble in my mind as I think about how I should treat that person. I have a friend who used to bring his church to a certain retreat center. And um, the person they dealt with was like always really nasty to them. And he never could figure out why. And so as they were there one year, one of his friends that was with them, they started to talk about this. And they came up with this idea of instead of like going and deflating the guy's tires on his car, like what if we just bless him? What if we do something noble? What if we do something that's just different than what he expects. And so they went out, they got him and his wife a gift card to a really nice restaurant and presented it to him. And this guy never treated them the same again. There was just this flip in their minds and something noble was birthed and came out and brought a dramatic difference than would have. And some of you, got, you know, you and I, we, we've got to just sit back at times and we all have imaginary arguments with people, don't we? We gotta sit back and just say, wait a minute, what is noble? I gotta fill my mind with what is noble and see God then transform my thinking because I got a lot of weeds up here of unforgiveness or anger or frustration with people and it's time to think about what's noble and true. Okay, then he goes on to write and in the Greek, the idea is fair or justice. And so maybe during this time, students, let me call you out, okay? You're sitting at home taking some exams, you know, college students, finals week, some of my kids are, are, are about a month away from being done. Man, am I gonna do What's right? Am I going to do what's fair right now? Because I get ahead real easy. I can just have my friend like email over his, his shot of the test, right? I could just Google something and, and go ahead and cheat on this. Or even maybe let's, let's you know, zoom out. Some of us who are struggling financially right now, it'd be real easy. Just dip into somebody's fun. Nobody's going to know, right? Or I, I just say, no, 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 wait. I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to fill my mind with what's right. I'm going to stop the weeds that would say cheat to get ahead or do the wrong thing. Nobody's going to know. No, 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 I'm gonna do what God's calling me to do. I'm gonna trust him with the outcome. See, that's the thing. I'm gonna trust him with the outcome, but I gotta get that right here first, right? I gotta get that right here first. Then he goes on to pure. Again, a lot of us are, are probably struggling in this season with purity. We're all locked up. We can't go many places. Our, our, our routine is gone. And so now what? I'm locked in the house you know, the 40 hours of the week I used to be at work or you're locked in the house. You know, all those times you used to be at school or with friends. And now Paul is saying pure. The idea here is clean. What do I do? I stop the thought, but I got to replace it. This is one of the most important areas of our life. This is true. 
I've got to replace it because if I just look away from a TV screen or a computer screen or I try to stop thinking about something, that's great, but I've got to fill it with something. This is where you and I got to grab the word of God. We got to grab our Bible app. We've got to talk with a godly friend and just say, hey, here's what's going on. I'm struggling in this area of my life, but I know God's going to give me victory as I just submit this to him, but I got to change what's going on in here, right? So pull the weeds of lust and then fill your mind with the truth of God. That's why it's so important to have scripture verses memorized. Get some scriptures from the word of God that are going to encourage you in the moment of temptation and speak them out. Pull the weed, plant the seed. Then he goes on to lovely. Think about what is lovely. Now this is so cool because I don't think we often think about the things of God as being lovely. We often think about things like impurity being pleasing or lovely. But did you know that those are just the weeds? I think of my daughter Brim. My daughter, her whole life, well, I guess she couldn't do this the first two years because she couldn't really walk and get out of the house. But uh, since she's been able to do that, she has grabbed a dandelion for me and my wife and brought it into the house every time she sees one, okay? Now, what she may not have known when she was younger was she's actually doing what? She's pulling a weed, right? Like a dandelion's a weed. And sometimes our sin looks pretty at first, but it's still a weed, Right? Our impurity looks pretty at first. It looks desirable at first, but it's still a weed. It's still there to choke out life. And so Paul says, think about what is lovely, delightful, and pleasing, truly delightful and pleasing. And, and the things of God are truly delightful and pleasing. If you're wrestling with lust or you're wrestling with just struggles in your thought life, it is time to start going, God, I'm going to think about you. I'm going to think about who you are. I'm going to think about what you have done. I'm going to think about what you have made me and who I am in you, my worth in you, my identity in you. I'm going to think about who that person on the screen is before I look back at them because you made them too and you gave them a worth and identity. And how dare I sit back and look at them and take something you made and turn it into something so grotesque, right? No, instead, I'm going to fix my minds on what is lovely and what is good and what is pure. A preacher once said that sin costs you more than, we want, more than you want to pay and keeps you longer than you want to stay. And so often we look at the dandelion and we see the flower, right? And we go to grab that thing. And before we know it, we're paying the price and we're staying longer than we ever imagined we would. He goes on to admirable. Another word, we got to bring it back. Come on, commendable is the thought here commendable. So often we're filling our minds with negative things, right? Newspapers and news shows are filled with negative things. There's so much negativity in our world. There's so much fear being spread, right? Man, how important it is for us to pull those weeds and say, wait a minute, I am going to think about what is commendable, what is admirable. One of our friends, George, he has a lot of Instagram followers. And so he started this account called Tanks Good News. He's got almost 2 million followers. And he devotes it to good stuff, nurses and doctors saving the day. He devotes it to all the great things and people being charitable and giving and raising money and helping during the pandemic and all these great things. Man, just to change the dial, you know? To change the dial, that's what you and I need to do. we got to pull the weed of sadness and fear and negativity and just begin to say, okay, God, what is commendable? What is admirable? He goes on to excellent. The idea here is that something stands out. Like think about your life and, and there are things that stand out that are just excellent, right? And that's what Paul's saying here. What are those excellent things you can think about? What are those good things you can think about? Now for you and I as followers of Jesus, come on, we have a billion things to think about. Even in the midst of what we're going through right now, there are a billion reasons to play, praise God right here, right now, today. 
And even if you couldn't find one, like if you can't look around your house and say, man, I'm blessed because I got air conditioning, it broke. I got, I'm blessed because I got heat. I'm blessed because I got food. Maybe your refrigerator's empty. I'm blessed because of this relationship or that. Maybe you don't have it anymore. Even if you couldn't find one of those, there is still one thing, and that is Jesus hanging on a cross in your place that you and I better be filling our minds with this excellent thought every single day. If you're not a follower of Jesus, that's the battle I'm talking about. A battle was won for you. A savior saw you and I in our sin and our shame and he came for us and he died in our place and that is excellent. And you and I can fill our minds with even if it's just that one truth. And then lastly, he says, praise worthy. I love that these last three kind of have a similar vibe of positive, of, of exciting, of excellent, of commendable, of good, right? And you and I need to pull the weed of negativity. And I'm not here to just blow a bunch of smoke and say, oh, come on, it's all about you know, positive over negative. Like, no, 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 no. We pull the weeds of negativity and we focus on the truth of who God is. That's our positivity. Not just like you know, rainbows and clouds in the sky. No, we're talking about a Savior who loves us and gave his life for us. And that has got to break us out of thoughts of sadness and depression. And so, what have we seen here? We've seen... This concept of not allowing our thought life to remain in the gutter, not allowing our thought life to be overtaken by fear and sadness and depression. Instead, to focus on and plant some powerful seeds. And when we do, we will see peace and joy and freedom and hope grow up in our lives. And so what do I want you to do this week? I've been saying it all, all, all morning here. Pull the weeds, plant the seeds, right? Pull the weeds, plant the seeds. That's what I want you to remember this week. That's what I want you to do. I want you to think about what we're talking about here. And I want you to have victory in your thought life. That we wouldn't be overtaken and overrun by the battles in our minds anymore. But that we would catch ourselves and we would pull those weeds and then plant the seeds. How do we do it? Well, first, I want to say this. Identify your weeds. What do I mean by that? I'm going to read a couple weeds here. Finger grasses, dandelion, chickweed, white clover, carpet weed. And I can go on and on. There's like 350 million different kinds of weeds. I made that up. Don't quote me. But there are all these kinds of weeds, all right? And you and I need to kind of know which weed we're dealing with. Did you know that our region has weeds that like the South doesn't have and the West Coast doesn't? have. We got to know how to treat the weed that we have in our yard, right? And you and I need to know what our go-to weeds are. So think about it right now. Maybe for you it's fear, it's anxiety, it's sadness, it's anger, it's lust. Think about it right now. What's my, what's my go-to? Where do I go in my mind most frequently? Know your weed. Determine your weed. And that's going to help you know how to treat it. It's going to help you know what verses to get in your heart. It's going to help you know what you need to stay away from. Maybe even some of the people you need to shy away from so that you can live in such a way that you are walking in freedom. And then we pull the weed, right? The weed pops up. We take it captive. We take it captive. We remove it. We don't let it run and run and run and run and run. And you, we, I'm telling you right now, you can do this. You can do this. It's not easy all the time. But by the grace of God, you and I can take every thought captive and think about what is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, praiseworthy, excellent. And the seeds of the Lord is near. And the seeds of prayer and praise, right? So we pull the weed and then we plant those seeds. We realize what we are really going to find freedom in. And it's those beautiful seeds God's given us in his word. One of the examples I love when I think about the word of God changing somebody's life, when I think about the truth changing somebody's life, is my father-in-law, Pastor Ravone. And he's mentioned many times that before he was a follower of Jesus, he was a drug addict. And the drugs had destroyed his life and his marriage, but also had some really horrible effects on his mind. And he eventually put his trust in Jesus and he worked in the city. And he would commute back and forth. And so 
he would take cassette tapes and he'd put them in his tape deck back in the late 70s. And he would listen to the word of God being read his whole way into the city and his whole way back every single day, in and out, in and out. What was he doing? He was replacing all the years of addiction and brokenness with the truth of God. And he was allowing the truth and what was excellent, noble, right? You know, all these beautiful things we, we talked about today, all these things just fill the mind and God transformed this man, transformed his marriage, trans- transformed his life and transformed him into the man that could go ahead and plant the church and be used by God in powerful and amazing ways. And that's the reality for you and me. That's, that's what you and I can tap into is that kind of transformation by the truths of God. And so this week, will you get in on that? Will you pull the weeds and plant the seeds? Will you catch yourself? Will you stop yourself from going down those same roads? And will you instead plant the seed of truth, of of praise, of prayer, of the Lord being near, right, noble, pure, excellent, praiseworthy, all these different things we've talked about today? And will you see God do something great? Now, here's the deal. I want you to really narrow in on a few of your things. Because if I tell you, you know, here's 14 seeds to plant, we're probably not going to remember any of them. So I want you to pick one or two. What are you going to use this week? Is it that the Lord is near? Is it the seed of prayer, the seed of praise? Is it the seed of truth or, or noble or right or pure or excellent, praiseworthy? Or which one's yours? Which few are you going to just grab a hold of and kind of keep in your pocket and pull out? You got to know your weed, right? You got to know the weeds that grow in your area, so to speak, so you can treat it with the right thing. But grab a hold of it this week. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you're in on this. Walk this with us this week. And begin to see the freedom that God wants for you in your mind. But also, remember the battle that was won for you. Jesus on a cross, dying in your place, rising back from the dead to make you his own. He loves you. He wants you to know him. And I'm going to give you a chance to pray with me right now if you want to put your trust in him. But if you're a follower of Jesus or you're new to this today, wherever you find yourself, this week we're going to pull the weeds and plant the seeds. Let's pray together. Thank you, God, so much. That, Jesus, you have made a way for us to walk in freedom, God. That you don't want us stuck in our sin cycles, Lord. You don't want us stuck in impurity, fear, anxiety, doubt, anger. God, you don't want us stuck in anything, Lord. And I thank you so much that your heart for for us, Lord, is to be able to grab a hold of what is truth, Lord. And I pray we'll do that this week. And so God, give us the strength to to pull the weed. Give us the strength to recognize when we're just really kind of going down one of those familiar paths where we get stuck in all kinds of, of sin or temptation or fear or sadness or anger. And God, instead, help us to plant the seed of truth in its place and watch peace grow, joy, hope, and freedom. If you're a follower of Jesus, would you pray about that for a little while? Say, God, help me identify those weeds that grow in my mind. God, help me know what truth to combat it with. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, you want to put your trust in him today, I'd love for you to pray with me now. You can just say something like this. Jesus, thank you for winning the battle for me. Thank you for dying on the cross that I would know you. Thank you for showing me your tremendous love for me. And I thank you that I don't have to clean myself up first, but you want me just as I am right here, right now. And I pray, Jesus, you'll show me what it looks like to follow you. Thank you, God, for this gift of salvation. In your name I pray this.